out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak with my friend Astrid. Astrid is a chemist from Romania. I got to know her through my friend Wendy, the scientist from episodes 7 and 78. I really wanted to talk to Astrid because I enjoy hearing scientists' view on spirituality, especially because Astrid works in the wine research field in Stellenbosch, where wine has virtually been elevated to a religion. I interviewed her a while ago, but due to my own confusion, this episode is getting posted a week later than planned. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There is also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Astrid's story. Sit back and enjoy. Morning Astrid, how are you doing? I am very well, and you? I'm very well, thank you. What a beautiful Saturday morning in Stellenbosch. Yeah, a bit busy though, but... Yeah, too, too busy to my liking. I mean, I can't believe we struggle to find parking on a Saturday morning. <laughs> well, and it's the university. Nobody should be working yeah. on a Saturday or yeah. Sunday. But also, it's the Wurtfeest. So we can't say it's all the academics or students working so hard that their parking's take. <laughs> but on the other hand, if somebody just walks around and say, Oh, what hard-working people. Exactly. And in fact, yeah. it's not the academics. Yes, totally so. <laughs> so... We are going to talk about you today, about your, just basically your journey in context with any form of spirituality, which makes us interesting because the first thing that comes to mind is, I'm talking to just another fucking scientist. <laughs> okay, alright. So, it also shows what kind of friends you keep. Yes, exactly. That, that's true. So you are, what do you call yourself? By education by and educa- by trade, <laughs> I call myself I'm, Astrid. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a chemist. Uh, I'm an analytical chemist, so we're the the, the people that analyze stuff. Okay. You Um, analyze wine? We analyze wine or anything related to this, from from the leaves of the vine to the grapes to what we call the matrices related to to, to grapes and wine, but mostly we work on, on wine. So, as an analytical chemist, you can work on many things. For example, the, the, the simplest that comes to mind is people that do quality control. For anything from water, air quality, okay. pharmaceutical products, you know, to test the composition and things like that. And then a very big field is agriculture. Okay. So, and also what we would call natural products. Cool. But this is my field of application. So as an analyst, to go very technical, I am a separation scientist. But there are many things that fall under analytical chemistry, something like NMR, which you would do even, uh, how can I say, in the medical sciences. Okay. That is the technique, but we apply it in, okay. in our case to... Um, okay agricultural products. So the funny thing is we walk into your building because we're sitting in, in an office to a bit, get better acoustics and the minute you step into the building you smell wine. Yeah. <laughs> so are your lecture rooms in this building as well? Yes so this is a really really I mean it's, it's I think it's from one of the first buildings in the at the university 
because this was the agricultural college initially. So okay. we are one of the few places that are 100 years old, just like the rest of the university. Okay. Some of the other departments and faculties are much newer. Yeah. But this one is 100 years old. Oh my God. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful building as you, you pass by the greenhouse on the other side where uh, maybe when we go out, you, you have a chance to look. It's just an empty space. But right now it's taken by an art exhibit, which is really, really beautiful. And we have offices here and labs like viticulture and enology and chemistry labs and East labs and only two um, lecture halls. Okay. But what is very nice about our building, and I always loved it, besides the greenhouse, is we have a cellar underneath. Yes. Is that what one smells when you walk yes, in? Yes. Okay. But also, to put it a bit more in, in context, this is harvest time. Okay. So it's very quiet right now, but usually during the week there's a lot of noise from all the machines that are plugged and okay. working. So you really get the smell of the fermenting must, and it doesn't smell like this throughout the year. Okay. But this this okay, is right, the right time. Right now, yeah, because yes. it was quite weird. My word, <laughs> what a weird situation to work in. So you are from Romania. I'm from Romania originally. I came to South Africa in 2001 to do my PhD at chemistry. Okay. And then I moved in 2009. I moved here at the Department of Viticulture and Enology, first as a postdoc and then as a researcher. Okay. So I, I came to stay for a relatively short period of time and now I'm still here, what, almost 18 years later. <laughs> You're like some of my... I always jokingly said my previous husband was the one-night stand gone wrong because 16 years later you were still there. <laughs> what? Yes. You're still here? When no, are you I mean, leaving? We, we, I used to have these discussions with my friends. So when are you leaving? Next year. Next year. This is my last year. It's like, you realize you're saying this already for 10 years, 11 years. And it's like, okay, I will accept that I am here for a much longer period of time than I thought initially. Because this is now 18 years already. Yes. I mean, so. and you, you, you get on... A, talking to people that don't know you and it's like so where are you from and I'm like Stellenbosch because I in a couple of years time I would have lived here for longer than in Romania so it's like well I have been adopted by Stellenbosch exactly I have never lived anywhere else in South Africa but in Stellenbosch okay so that's another also never anywhere else in the world no I did live in Belgium for a while okay why Belgium it's complicated or not (laughs) Um, let's go with how I got to South Africa my supervisor in in Romania did his PhD in Belgium with a Belgian professor who was an extraordinary appointment at Stellenbosch okay and he was looking for two students to do PhDs but not in Belgium but in Stellenbosch so I was one of the one of those two people And during, uh, so this, this Belgian professor was my main supervisor throughout my PhD. And as part of my work, I went, I stayed in Belgium for four months in 2004 and for a whole year in 2007. Okay. So I, I really enjoyed it. Good. I really enjoyed it, yes. So Where in Belgium were you? Ghent. Okay. So. The only yeah. place I know in Belgium was Brussels. Oh, Brussels is not such a nice city. 
there are better ones like you know <laughs> Ghent and Bruges and Antwerp. <laughs> okay. Did you grow up with a sense of spirituality, with a sense of religion, with anything like that in your house, in your work, in your sorry, in your house mm. or in your school? No, um, uh, Romania was a communist country, so religion was basically forbidden. So there were still churches, whatever was left that they couldn't demolish. But so it was it was a sense of forbidden, but they were there. I still remember my grandfather taking me to to church. I think I don't remember how old I was, five, six years old. Okay, Romania generally is Greek Orthodox. I so didn't know that. you didn't know that? No. Yes. What did you think we were? Heathens? <laughs> okay, I'm probably going to blush when I say it, but Roman Catholic? <laughs> no. Okay. Yes. No. 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 In fact, you, you're not. You're not far out. A part of Romania, the western part, um, was under um, Hungarian or Austrian um, um, authority, depending on the time in history. And of course, they were Catholics. Yes. Okay. But they had a very big resistance from the population to change from Greek Orthodox to Roman Catholic. So they invented a hybrid that's called, let me get it right, Greek Catholic. Oh, my word. Yes. So that Never keeps elements that from... Well. Exactly. It's something very, very localized. Okay. But the rest of the country, just like our neighbors from the east and from the south, like the Bulgarians and, and um, well, the Russians, we are Greek Orthodox. So, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 quite different from the Roman Catholicism, especially in the way it manifests. As I mean, from my point of view, being a lay lay person, like say for example, the priests can get married. Okay. And you know, so also play around much more. And, <laughs> yeah. mm. But okay. So so, so, so the, the priest is allowed to be human. <laughs> yes, up to a certain point. I mean, uh, I don't know if you have this saying here that don't do what the uh, doctor does, do what, do what they say. Yeah. We, 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 we have it like that with the priests as okay. well, you know. So. Oh, fabulous. But yeah, so I still remember the, the churches are really beautiful, but they're very dark and very, they smell like frankincense and a lot of candles. And, and I think a week before Easter, Children below a certain age go and it's a ritual, it's very ritualistic. In the good sense, yes. we don't sacrifice children. <laughs> the uh, children go to be sacrificed a, yes. week, a week before but Easter. It, it, it's something really funny and I d didn't think about it until now. You have to go under a table that is, uh, um, uh, you have to go under that table three times. But there are certain things on that table and it has a specific significance, but I cannot remember for the life of me. I could look it up. But that, that is kind of what I remember of that period in my life okay. and anything that has to do with religion, not necessarily spirituality, but religion. Yeah. Um, that my grandfather taking to, and me looking forward to it because of course I kept on bumping my head against it and after that you get something sweet I think or, okay. or in a sip of, sip of wine okay. so you see wine <laughs> it started played early. a big role yeah <laughs> so, so yeah what year did communism fall in, in Romania, Romania? Yeah. the entire eastern bloc was at the end of 89 1989 okay. it started with Berlin Wall and then you had the what do you call it the the, the the Velvet Revolution in the 
well, the Czechoslovakia at that stage. In Romania, it was very violent because the regime was much more dictatorial. So people died. Uh, we still had like the, the traces of some bullets that were in, in our house oh, wow. because uh, yeah, there was somebody that just drove in a, in a truck down the street and they were just shooting in no direction in particular. So I still remember, you know, hiding with my parents behind oh, walls. Oh, Are you serious? Yeah, no, it was, it was terrible. And it was, yeah, it was a very bloody, bloody revolution. And then we heard a lot of things after that. It was a very, how can I say? It really was a police state. Okay. So, I mean, my, my grandfather was a political prisoner in the 1950s Good grief. that's why my mom could not go to university because she had a file my dad was under investigation in the in the late 80s i mean it it wasn't a really great time but so it made sense in a way why the the revolution was so bloody yeah because people just really amazing yeah so how old were you in 89 when, when this all went down i was 12 years old so, okay, so you can definitely remember yes. oh, the, yeah. no, the, no, 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 the definitely. full details. Definitely, definitely. But anyway, so after that, it was like a 180 and everybody found religion because it, it, it looked a bit, maybe not necessarily hypocritical, but everybody that was a big communist and would not go to church and everybody was putting up, you know, shows of, look what a good Christian I am by going to church, but ah. not necessarily. So I, I, don't, I can't say I was religious at that stage, but I doubled. <laughs> <laughs> but also because we didn't, I mean, it was, here's religion, but there is no education in, in religion. So, and I, I do have to tell you, I don't know how it is in, in other um, churches, let's call them like that, but the uh, Greek Orthodox that is in Romania is very, as I said, ritualistic. So you really, they insist on doing what the, the, the priest tells you to do. And every little town has its own habits. And so it, it got very easily incredibly oppressive okay. up to a certain point. Ah. So I right now, and for a very, very long time, I'm an atheist. So... Okay. It just is not because of that, because it, I felt it oppressive or anything, but I found it for me illogical and it just doesn't fit with, with, with my personality. Yeah. And I don't like to be told, you know, what to do, what not to do. <laughs> I think that people should be themselves without fear of what might happen afterwards. Yes. I mean, uh, I think you can be a good person without fear of consequences you don't do something necessarily because you're afraid that you might get caught or that you're doing something bad or you don't necessarily have to do good deeds because you will get you know karma points or whichever yeah. way you want to look at it so yeah i decided believing in a bigger entity that does this or says that doesn't work for me so that's why it's not necessarily the the greek orthodox that i don't find appealing is almost well, not almost but no form of religion that i think that resonates yeah, that, with that, exactly yeah. i mean so so yeah i yes sorry and you the grandfather that took you to church yes was he the one who was yes a political in, prisoner okay. yes oh, wow. yeah 
So what happens was between the the, 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 the two wars, he was a policeman. Okay. Are you talking about the two? The, the first world war and second world Those war. Those two. Wars. Yeah. Okay. So he was a policeman, and after the second world war, the communists won the elections, and our king, we used to be a kingdom at that stage, was forced to abdicate, and they just got a really the communists uh, got a really firm grip on everything. And one of the first things that they've done, they tried to get rid of all the intellectuals, everything that they they considered a threat to them, not physically yeah. or violently, but you know, free think free yes. thinkers and and also whatever was linked to the previous regime yes. in the sense like police, military. So so that's how he ended okay. up. Yes. The picture that I get in my mind, did you ever see the movie or read the book, The Book Thief? No, no. I didn't. I, I, I think it. I, I read the, what we call the blurb. Yeah. And I think it would strike home uh, far uh, too much, far for, too you, much yeah. for me to, to feel comfortable. Yes, okay. In fact, uh, I saw it yesterday. Wendy has it. Is it? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Okay. No, I, yeah. I get, I get very upset and quite emotional because also... Well, you can imagine, you had trauma. Have yes. you ever had trauma counseling? No, but how can I say? My my parents and my grandfather never really wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Except for you know like small things now and again, but I think they were very protective. So I don't know. I mean, even my mom told me once that her father told her only once or twice about certain things that happened, but. They would, yeah. Mm. I, I think everybody would th- thought that it's too tra- traumatic for the next, yeah, you know, generation, generation. to engage so, with it instead exactly. of. So um, mm, yeah, that's always that's always an interesting thing. That are we empowered by by not having the information, or are we disempowered by not having those discussions? It's for me, it's almost like telling a secret. It makes maybe it makes you feel better, but then you put the burden on somebody yeah. else. Okay. So no matter how you say, no, but I want to share this, mm. please tell me what, once you, you know, then I think whoever shared that secret or told those things, can, can I, I, they can think that maybe they put some undue burden on you, yeah. even though you know you asked for it. But yes. mm. uh, yeah, it's, I think it, it's, it's, it's difficult. So for you personally, would you like to know more? Uh, I think it will make me already, no, 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 I mean, um, it would make me angrier because I know certain things already and I know how this period in time affected our family in general, Okay. but um, similar to what happened in South Africa, what what was it, um, the Commission for the Truth and Reconciliation, Um, they've done something like that in Romania as well, but the archives that they managed to to access and the testimonies and they were horrendous. I remember my mom and my dad watching that documentary because it was almost like a weekly thing where they interviewed people and... And I, not that I wasn't allowed to, to watch it, and, but I remember my mom was, was so upset after that mm. because, of course, now she would find out things yes. that she, she could only imagine that some of the things would have happened to, to, to her dad as yeah. well. And, yeah, I mean, 
what I, I remember it was after 1990 so we were now allowed to go everywhere and we drove past in our yearly yearly trips past one of these medieval fortresses a, a beautiful beautiful place and uh, we stopped for my, my parents to smoke and have a coffee and my grandfather said you see that window up there and my mom said yes that that was my cell Oh my word! So and and my mom, I I think I don't know. I this is just what I remember. I don't know exactly what happened after that. I mean, I was what twelve, thirteen, thirteen years, 13 old, years yeah. old, and I think. But my grandfather would have never told them, "Don't stop here because it brings back, like, yeah. you know, Amazing, you know, bad memories." Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, to be imprisoned in nineteen fifties in a medieval fortress. And those people, you know, were not kind and nice to you. It's not. I can yeah, just so. picture a Romanian winter. Yes, yes, yeah. No, of course. I mean, so many people died. Yeah. We in Romania were you? Uh, somewhere on the eastern side. In my hometown is called Breila. It's on the Danube. It's a very oh, um, heavy agricultural okay. area. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful um, town. It's. The architects followed the same um, street design as in Odessa. Okay. So apparently, if you look at the two maps of the old cities, they look exactly the same. It's in a fan shape. Okay. So, but of course, it has expanded much more yeah. from there. It's it's really it's a beautiful it's a beautiful s- small place, but it's not very active. Not much is happening. So. Did you ever see yourself? There's now I'm jumping from mm. you growing up in an agricultural type of town mm. to working in the agricultural field? Or was that purely a, 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 an a, accidental a coin, yeah, kind of life yeah. to move in those directions? Um, I didn't even know what I would do when I I was growing up. I mean, my, my standard answer was, what would you like to be when you grow up? And I would say the Queen of England. And my mom <laughs> said, well, that, that's not going to work out. But I wanted to Were be a actually... specific Queen of England. I want to be Elizabeth the First because I like her dresses. So See, I, always, I always told people I wanted to become a king, and yeah. I, I actually meant it. I wanted to become a king, so I became a queen. Well, <laughs> you know, as you close, didn't, as you close didn't, as you can get. Exactly, you didn't miss that much. So. <laughs> yeah. So in fact, I didn't mm. want to be a queen. You I want, want to be, be Elizabeth the First. Well. <laughs> That so didn't really who, work out. Who broke the news to you that this actually cannot happen? Probably my mom in the <laughs> first that's discussion that's that we had. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so I went. I didn't. I knew I didn't want to study medicine. I didn't want to study economics. My dad was an economist. Okay. Uh, it was very fashionable to study law at that stage, but it was already you could see the the market was flooded with anything <clears throat> legal related. Okay. And then we went through one of these books like Stellenbosch has all the universities, I think all the courses and they're like, not this, not this, not this. And we ended up with two. One was international relations and the other one was chemistry. And I said, okay, I'll go for chemistry. And in the end, chemistry took me very far, took me to the other end of the world. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) And then the whole thing with, with agriculture, I... It's, it's just because that's where the opportunity brought me because I, I did study pure chemistry. Yeah. And if I had the chance of working on some, in some, or on something else or in a different field, I would have taken that as well. But at that stage, working on wine was available and 
yeah, so I, I took it. I don't see myself necessarily working on this forever and ever. I still think that my wine-related part is smaller than my analytical chemistry. Okay. So I could work on something else, but right now it's interesting. So cool. I, I will keep it for a while. So your PhD became the became wine related. No, uh, oh no, my PhD was in fundamental aspects of analytical chemistry. Okay. Um, and then towards the end of my PhD, I wrote my thesis, and it was sent out to the supervisor from Belgium, and. Um, my local supervisor just started the project with the people here from the Institute of Wine Biotechnology and they needed somebody to analyze an insane amount of samples. I think I've done like almost <laughs> three, yeah, it's like 3,000 samples of, to analyze for two different types of, of compounds. And um, he said, okay, but you have the skills and right now it will bring you experience and and the money to carry on doing something. So I was still registered as a PhD student because I haven't graduated yet, but I was working on, okay. on wine. And then when my supervisor left, he told me, okay, you can either come with me to Vitz or um, you can move to the, to the research institute. So I prefer to, to still live in Stellenbosch rather than Johannesburg. So, yeah. so I, that's how... A lot of these things in my life were done very organically. You know, I went where the where the wind blew yes. me, so didn't oppose too much resistance because either I didn't have another option at that stage, or the options that I had were a bit far fetched. Or yeah, so yes, I think that works for many people in their lives. Kind of, I also always say that. I didn't feel as if I've really worked very hard for anything to in my life. Where, where, Things yeah. just kind of happened and, and you just put your foot there and then it takes you in a direction and that direction seems to work and then something else happens and you put your foot there and then that direction True, works again. So it sounds very also, much like that for you as yes, well. Yes, but I think out of all this, I think you still have to, to make the best of the opportunities. Yeah. So I didn't just come here and then decide, okay, I'll wait. I said, okay, I'm here now and I'll do or get the best out of it until another yeah. opportunity you know will will arise or sometimes you look for opportunities yourself but yeah so I'm I'm very happy in the beginning I was really very um, working strictly on analytical chemistry and then of course I made friends at work and they influenced me quite a lot so now I work with other aspects like um, um, sensory evaluation of wines I'm not the sensory person but my colleagues are so whenever we sit together we put projects that combine okay. more than just you know like one faceted yes. aspect of wine evaluation I was very surprised like to hear that you have these kind of divisions that work with the sensory aspect <laughs> specifically it's really interesting it, it, it really is but I mean also a lot of people think that you know working with wine you taste wine from morning to night well first of all let me tell you if you had to it's really terrible because i mean having to taste wines at 10 o'clock in the morning and then you get like 36 wines in flights of 12 and then you have to analyze specific aspects it's nice it's good but it is a job yes yeah. you know it's <laughs> yeah. and but tasting is such a small part of what we do all the work that is done before that to design the experiments all the stats that have to be done after yeah. being able to tune the the questions with what method you apply and 
there is science behind it. It's not just madness. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my, my, my work is so much more boring. I'm like, okay, we have these instruments. They're so expensive. We still have to work on them. Okay, these are the results. They say, so what does this mean? I don't know. I just did the analysis. <laughs> I give you the answer. I, I give you the answer that maybe you wanted or you did not yeah. want, but the answer. But you is need the to answer. interpret the answer exactly. So interesting is, and that's what I find interesting about, as you said, the group of people that I kind of seem to hang around with is. I've met a lot of scientists, and. The scientists that I met, you are all really good, lovely, wonderful people. Oh, thank you. We and try. <laughs> and that's the question. Where does the goodness come from? <laughs> you know, so, so the way my mind works is kind of the goodness needs to be based fundamentally in something. So when I spoke to Wendy, Wendy mm-hmm. said that her... Her principle of, and the way, the reason why we mentioned Wendy is, is that's how I, I know Astrid, yes. is through Wendy, who is married to Marcus, who studied with Astrid. So, yes. More, no, not really. Uh, but, we were in the same group of friends okay, who studied yes. together, mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's how, how yes, we know yeah. each other. And then Wendy, I've, I've had on the podcast, podcast, and she's coming soon again. Or she might have come again by the time... I, th- I think she, she would have come Logistics. again by the time mm. th- this one comes out. <laughs> and, um, shit, what did I say now? How, what nice people we yes. are. Yes. And so you're all nice people and you're all kind of these people who live really good, decent lives. You pay your taxes, you comply with the rules and regulations of life and, and all those type of things. But the way I was taught, the way I was brought up is kind of, you know, if you don't have God in your life, you're going to be a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but part of being a scientist is also trying to prove people wrong. <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing you saying is your goodness comes from... Um, 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 shit, what's the word? I don't want to say illegitim- illegitimacy because that's not it. It's, it's, it's from rebellion. Rebellion, huh? yeah. Kind of, I will prove you fucking well wrong. You know? <laughs> no, okay. So I think there's a, a couple of things that are um, um, all... You can't really split them into, into parts and... But also the, the, the sum is more than, yep. or the total is the more than just the, the sum of all parts. Yes. I think there are good people and bad people regardless, regardless of religion, beliefs, and things like that. Yes. So, and you can use both religion and lack thereof to justify almost anything if you have that type of personality yep. and way of thinking. So for me, being a scientist and being religious, not religious, are they're two very different things. Because science, for me, is based on facts that can change, and arguments can change, and it's flexible. While belief is something that is regardless of what you know by evidence ah. is maybe something that you feel yes and that's why i mean you had many discussions with wendy and especially with marcus <laughs> that it's almost like how can you be a scientist and still be a believer because everything that you work with yeah almost try if you look at it like this proves you that it is what you see is what you get yes. how can there be something else now the whole thing of 
you know, if you if you if you grow up with religion, you become a good person. If not, you end up a fuck up. <laughs> I did not have that chance because I was coming from a non-religious yeah. um, environment yeah. or community. So for me, having being told let's say in my teens that no but you have to have religion to be a good person like but i didn't do anything bad for the past 12 13 years <laughs> and i had no religion so no, excuse me it doesn't make any sense the other thing is it's <laughs> really interesting <laughs> yeah, concept but, but you see it's almost like it's the other way yeah. the other way around and that's why it's easy to argue that you don't need religion because you didn't have it up to a certain Jeez. point and you were still a good person yeah. Okay, maybe naughty because I was a kid, but good person. Yeah, um, the fundamentals, fundamentals were, were there. Yeah, but now <laughs> I also know our small circle of you know common friends. We are all incredibly stubborn, <laughs> so we are going to show you, especially if you tell us how these things should not ah. happen. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that will show you. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as we will give up religion to show you that we yeah. are still good people. But, um, and the other thing is, I think you are also, because you, you, you brought up how we all know each other. We are friends of friends that became friends. So that maybe says more about our type of people, our tribe. Yes. Rather than... I would be afraid to generalize that, you know, all scientists are good people and, <laughs> or the other way around. So no, I think there's all, a lot of all religious things. people are good people. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, so, so that's why I think there's a lot of, a lot of things, but I'm glad that through this circle of friends, you could get to know people that yes. despite being non-religious, non-believers, atheists, whatever people I mean, some of them are much more spiritual than others. Yeah, yeah we're, yeah, people are people and... Yeah, I'm definitely seeing, and especially through this podcast, I'm seeing two distinct ends of, 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 of a spectrum. Okay. I'm from very religious people to very non-religious mm-hmm. people. And I haven't spoken to one bad person. But it also, as I said, it shows you what kind of company you keep. <laughs> true, true as well. <laughs> and also, I would ask bad people to speak to. Because that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is a good podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, it's like, what do you define by bad people? Immoral. Well, Law-breaking. <laughs> you see, immoral, yeah. I think... People a, a might think of me as immoral. Exactly, yeah. that's the exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but... It's just really an, an interesting debate to have. And you know what the freaky thing is? That when we started this conversation, I nearly had a panic attack because... You and the, me both. <laughs> the, the, the concept of communist Romania did not enter my head that you were part of that. And suddenly, mm. I, I should have thought about this. No. Not before we chatted. It just yeah. kind of as information that the interviewer should have. I should have had this information before. It's not like we don't know each other for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think the fact that I didn't have it nearly made it more interesting. <laughs> because, kind of, what? What? <laughs> well, well, I wouldn't have had the what. I would have had the yes. <laughs> Which no, would no, have no, been no. I'm supposed different. to do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is enough for one day. And this is awesome. I really enjoyed Ooh, this. Me too. Me too. I, was, I really didn't know what to expect. And as I said before... I did do what you told me and I did not prepare. Awesome, yeah. Astrid asked me what she needs to do to prepare and I said to her, nothing. Please don't do anything. And for (laughs) once I listened. (laughs)
She listened. Yes, I've got the power. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have Thank a wonderful you. rest of your day. You too. Bye. This was fascinating to hear about Astrid's upbringing in communist Romania. It is the first time we hear from someone where religious upbringing was not an option. I completely forgot about Romania's past and felt a bit of a twat when it came up, but I quickly forgave myself and moved on with the interview, which I thoroughly enjoyed. After my conversation with Astrid, I called my friend Amanda, the host of the Wine For Me podcast. You can catch that at www.wineforme.net and suggested that Astrid may be a perfect guest for her show. I see Amanda beat me to it. Amanda's chat with Astrid on the Wine For Me podcast is now available if you want to hear more about Astrid and her wine work. I also recommended Astrid to my friend Marvin, the host of Talking Orangutans podcast. You can catch this one by searching Talking Orangutans podcast on Facebook and on YouTube. Marvin talks to interesting people. I thought it could be great to hear more about Astrid's life in a communist country. As far as I know, Astrid still has to agree to talking to him, so let's watch this space. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field, or Freddy Counselor, or Freddy van Rensburg, or on Twitter at, at @RensburgFreddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Astrid for her time and energy in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.